Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Mosaic Life Podcast. Before we get started, if you find value in this episode of the podcast, or if you've found value in other episodes of the podcast, I would be eternally grateful if you would take just a couple moments of your time to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That goes a long way in helping others, just like yourself, discover the content here. And one last note before we get started here. When this episode comes out, it will be one year since I had my last alcoholic drink. And I, I want to be very clear. I'm not pointing that out to brag or to say this is such a great accomplishment on my part. It's just one year ago, I'm realizing that I made a conscious decision that I wanted to do better in my life. And I knew alcohol wasn't adding value to my goals. And so I guess the only point that I want to drive home is that if you want to make a change in your life, if there's something that is not adding value to it, you are capable of making that change. Make a decision to do so and don't let anybody else influence that in a negative manner. Alcohol was a big part of my life. I I would drink several times a week just to relax and unwind but I wasn't accomplishing any of my goals. And so I decided that I'm going to take time off from that to see what I'm capable of. And I can't even begin to describe in this short intro the change that it's had on my life. And so if I can support you in making a change in your life, please let me know. Anyway, my guest today is Laura Benedetto, And this conversation was truly amazing. We talk so in depth about happiness and she's so articulate on the subject. And it has had such a profound impact on her own life that I'm so excited to share this with you. She is a TEDx speaker, a number one best-selling author of The Six Habits and Life Mastery Coach. Laura teaches how to create the life of your dreams without sacrificing what we love. As founder and CEO of Vision Advertising, a company that she built when she was 19 years old, she has helped hundreds of entrepreneurs build and grow profitable enterprises entirely on their own terms. Like I said, this conversation is absolutely rooted in the subject of happiness. And she provided me with many great quotes to pull for the promotion of this podcast, especially ones directly related to happiness. And one of my favorites... And you'll hear the context of this in a moment. One of my favorite things she said was, you don't get happy because you move to the island. You move to the island because you get happy. And to me, that was profound because so many times we think that if we make this new purchase of this new car, this new house, it's going to bring happiness to us. But in reality, we need to come from a place of happiness so our new pursuit can help it grow. And I think that's a very important distinction that she makes in this episode. So without further ado, please welcome my wonderful guest, Laura DiBenedetto. Um, yeah, you know what? I'm I'm doing really well. It's a, it's a great, great day. I'm like already off to the races, having some like 
really awesome conversations with people and um yeah, I, I'm just excited. I like it when I can start the day with awesome humans and just do cool stuff. That's amazing. Yeah. It, uh, so you're you're in Hawaii, right? I am. Oh, yep. I'm on the island of Maui. That sounds so terrible. I know your heart's <laughs> bleeding. I know. Uh, you know, I I'm, I'm I love the opportunity. I'm here in Columbus, Ohio, and I, I'm talking with all these. I, I I speak to a disproportionate amount of people who are, seem to be in paradise, and maybe that says something about one's happiness. But um, I actually just I spoke with Amber Trueblood yesterday. You you may know, and uh, she's out I in do. San Diego. She's one of my dear friends. Yeah, yeah, and then I'm I'm right here in Columbus, Ohio. So. <laughs> Well, listen, uh, I feel like there's always the question of what comes first, the chicken or the egg, the happiness or the paradise. And when you follow the path to true happiness, that's when you do crazy stuff like move to a tropical island. It's typically you don't get happy because you move to the island. That's you move to the island because you get happy. That's so profound. I love what you just said. And I love I love that distinction between paradise and and, um, I think it was happiness. And that's 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 awesome. I like that a lot. I'm 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 going to reflect on that further. Thank you for saying that. Hey, no worries. Yeah. I got you. Hopefully, I can give you a few more thought nuggets for you to chew on. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. And uh, just to let you know, we we are rolling. Uh, we can we can BS a little bit more if you want to. But uh, I always like to get started just in case we get the, some of those nuggets like we just got. So I thank you again for for joining me for for taking the time to even chat with me. Yeah, heck yeah. No, I'm I'm really stoked. Christy said you are an awesome human and that I need to know you and I take her word as gospel. So, so far, so good. Well, that, well thank you. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And Christy herself is a phenomenal human being. And, I, you know, she and I haven't really... We haven't really had the opportunity to chat much uh, since her episode of the podcast came out, but uh, I really, truly appreciate uh, her taking the time to talk and her introducing me to yourself, to to Amber, to, to uh, I can never, Marusha, I believe. Marusha. Yeah, yeah. So yep. she, she and I are chatting next week, and I'm really looking forward to that conversation. Oh, you're going to like her. Marusha is such a sweet lady. Yeah, yeah, she seems like it. She seems like it. So That's weird. The four of us have formed this little just interesting pocket of friendship that none of us really expected to have. We just uh, were, you know, put in this big networking group of successful women and we just kind of found each other and, you know, it's all started out like fairly normal and surface and it's gotten deeper and more intimate and more genuine. And it's like, damn, you guys are my soul <laughs> sisters. That's so cool. And I've hugged none of them in person. I it's know. so maddening. Yeah. How can I love these women so much, but never breathe the same air? It's absolutely amazing. It's, you know, it speaks wonders for the, for the world in which we live. There's obviously a lot of bad and a lot of negativity comes out of the internet, but the connectedness that, uh, if, if, if harnessed correctly, the connectedness, connectedness that we are able to achieve with people who live across the world from us. It's absolutely amazing. Oh, tell me about it. My publicist is in South Africa. I can't live without her. She's become like part of my family. Yeah. Have you ever met her in person? No, no. It's crazy. And you know what? So I'm, I'm almost five, six and she's like four eleven, And I'm like, I can't wait to meet you and just like marvel at how itty bitty you are. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, so yeah, the world has become an interesting place. It it certainly sure. has. It certainly has. How 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 
How's everything been down in Hawaii this year? I have to imagine that Hawaii is a very, you know, a lot of the industry is tourism based. So, I mean, how's that affected not only the economy, but also, you know, just the amount of people around? Because I, that can obviously be a good or bad thing, you know, having a little bit of solace and, and solitude. Yeah, it's a mixed bag. Uh, yeah. You, I mean, you, you take an economy that thrives almost entirely on tourism and hospitality and you punch it in the gut repeatedly and yeah, there's collateral damage in a lot of it. Like you've got a lot of retirees, um, they're fine and they're like, Oh boy, less people. This is great. Um, but then you get a lot of the people that actually live here and need to earn money and do silly things like buy groceries. And a lot of those people are having a very hard time. There's like the Maui food bank has never been busier. Um, they're feeding families. Rent is going unpaid. Um, you know, to be perfectly honest with you, this place is so beautiful, um, physically, but I can see so much of the aloha in people has just been saddened. You know, there's so much like sadness and and darkness inside of people like the kindness has just kind of like faded a little bit and it's not because people are less kind it's just they're so defeated right and that's really hard to see i mean there's then there's the people god bless them like the the hippie community where they're just like whatever (laughs) surf's up bro like they don't care i'm like i yeah i still have a lot to learn (laughs) like also i should probably try surfing um it's it's been interesting to see for sure i mean being able to walk on some of the most beautiful beaches on this planet alone with like nobody on them is like surreal. Like I've had some of these beaches completely to myself more than once. And it's like, wow, this is weird. Yeah. Cool. But weird. It really forces you to slow down whether or not you want to, it really, it forces you to do so. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I think it's definitely everything that's gone on in the world lately has just given people such an invitation to, I guess, reset perspective and really just evaluate what's really important and what have I been bothering myself with worrying about that I really shouldn't be and what do I really care about and is this really what I want for my life? And I think that's happening globally, not just here. And that's interesting. And I really, I think that question, what do you really want with your life? What makes you happy? That, that is one that you had to answer for yourself. And before, before I really officially asked that question, you said something that mm-hmm. really struck with me and maybe it's in a Hawaii, a Hawaii thing, but I really loved it. The, the aloha and people to people who are yeah. none the wiser to people from Columbus, Ohio, thinking of aloha is just a fancy way to say, <laughs> hi, you know, how's it going? But I, there, there seems to be more context in that, in that statement that you made. And I, I wouldn't mind if you just dug into it for a second. No, I'd love to. So I first came to Hawaii, like probably 10 years ago with my mom. She's like, you got to go to Hawaii. I'm like, oh, it's so far. Cause I'm from Massachusetts. And of yeah. course, grown, grown, whatever. And then I got here and I was like, oh, oh. So aloha, the Hawaiian word is massive for such a tiny little five letter word it's um it means hello it means goodbye it means i love you it it has so much embedded in all of that and it has like a historical um context like ha is the breath of life and when people would come together as i guess the ancient hawaiians used to um they would put their foreheads together and they would 
exchange of breath. So aloha has a lot of love and history and um, family embedded into the word. And, you know, when I say like, you know, things like the spirit of aloha, like even in my email newsletter, I, you know, I wish people love and aloha because aloha is, it's, it's so hard to describe to a non-Hawaiian, you know, but yeah. it's really like, it's almost like a, like a very loving, warm place of welcome and inclusion. And, um, that was one of the things that made me really, really want to come back here several times. I came here like nine times before I moved here, you know, to the different islands. Sure. And, um, it's always been like a, uh, a warmth and a hospitality and, uh, it's a grace, it's an ease, it's a, it's all good. You know, it's a very like, it's, a, it's just, God, it's, it's such a great lifestyle. It's such a great word. That's amazing. It's such a great concept and like spirit of being. It, ha- it to me, again, my entire viewpoint of Hawaii is based on media, what you see on TV and movies. And I could be completely off base. I don't know how accurate those portrayals are, but everybody just seems to be so wound down <clears throat> and willing to go with the speed of, of nature, if you will, or go with the speed of, you know, people's emotions and, and well-being. Does that, does that make sense? Or is that just, you know, complete media hype? I mean, look, I mean, tourism wouldn't be what it is if they hadn't glamorized it right. to a certain point and basically depicted Hawaii as a utopia, yeah. you know, where like, there's no problems, bro. Like <laughs> everything's good and you know, yeah. it's all good. Let's just dip coconuts and there's no problems here. That's just, it's simply not true. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and now that I've lived here for over a year, it's, and particularly in the time of COVID and all this other stuff, it's been really, really interesting to just see like how the community comes together, how the community doesn't come together, um, where Aloha lives, where Aloha doesn't live. Um, and, and to be honest with you, the utopia you describe is what is created for the tourists yeah. because that is the kind of magic that keeps people coming back. I believe that. And the, the disappointment is also the liberty. And what I mean by that is when you realize that the magic is something that is created because you so desperately want to see it and want it to be there, it, it, it's, the, it, the liberty comes in where you get the advert opportunity to create that same kind of magic in Columbus, Ohio. Like yeah. you can have Aloha where you are and you can sit on the beach of the local lake and like skip rocks and find tranquility and tranquility, peace, harmony, Aloha. It's all good. Like all of these things yes. can be created wherever you are. You don't need Hawaii to do it. You just don't. Sorry, guys. It's bad for tourism for me to say that. But like, you know, the magic people like they want the setting of the beaches and the turtles and the waves. But you can still actually get that same extraordinary blissful feeling that you people come to Hawaii for. You can get that probably in Detroit. Like you can create it anywhere because it all begins within. Absolutely. The setting makes it easier and it gives us like the invitation to do it, except 
we just don't realize we have the invitation all the time. I love that. I love that. And that's that's so important. That was, that's been a realization in my life over the past year is that I don't need to chase happiness. The, the longer I chase it, the longer I stay on that hedonic treadmill, the, the less happiness I'm, I'm going to find. And if you can just take a moment to reflect inward, you realize that you have that capacity. And um, I yeah, absolutely totally. love that. You have the you have the aloha within you. That's that's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so let's, what, what, to, what took you down to Hawaii? I, we, we've, you know, previously talked a little bit about your career and how you know, the successes you've had. And uh, I want to dig into that, but what's, you know, originally took you from Massachusetts down to, down to Hawaii? Um, uh, so we talked about this before. You're right. And I'm just trying to think of how I can say this succinctly and instead of taking five hours to unpack oh. it all, <laughs> um, <laughs> I had to do the work yeah. on myself to find the happiness inside of me so I could dig up the courage to go and move. Um, I didn't move to Hawaii to become happy. I became happy. And as a result, I moved to Hawaii. And that's a really, really important point. Anyone yes. listening, please hang on to that. Happiness is not where you live. Happiness is not necessarily what you do. Happiness is who you are. And, and that was the very thing that got me here was the the general satisfaction with my life and my way of being and my newfound courage and my faith in myself and all of these things. Because I got to tell you, I am a mommy and daddy's little girl and I move 5,000 miles away from them. I mean, I've done some crazy stuff in my life, you know, yeah. started a business, retired early. I'm doing a TED talk, which is so much harder than I thought it would be. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm doing all these big, scary things. The most terrifying, by the way, was moving 5,000 miles away from my mom and my dad. I'm it. so close to them and I don't have a big family. It's the yeah. three amigos, me, mom and dad. Yeah. So for me to break up the three amigos, I had to seriously fortify myself and make myself like my own unique and unlimited wellspring of love and power. Then I could move here. Yeah. I didn't find the happiness and joy here. That, like you said, I, that pe that's something people need to internalize. And that's, that's so well put. Um, Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out exactly how I want to move forward from that, because that, that is that is a lesson that is so hard for people to learn. A lot of people never even realize that. I, I can't tell you how many times in the past I would say, I'll, I'll slow down when I have this much money or when I have this career or, you know, I'll, I'll take some time for myself when I have this or that. And that is just it's not it's impossible. You'll never have this or that because you, you continue to expand upon what you want and what you need, what you think you need. And, um, when you're able to you're right. you realize that it's, it's right here, we have it. Let's, let's, let's do this now. Yeah. I mean, listen, right. I want to tell you something. Yeah. Um, so as I said, writing, you know, do doing this whole Ted talk, what an awesome experience, oh, but like so much harder than I thought it would be. And, you know, part of the things that I'm thinking about is like how to actually tell the story in a way that really resonates with people, because I so desperately want people to understand that it's, it's like, you know, chicken and egg, which one comes first? Is it like, you know, get all the things and then become happy, like we're socialized right. to believe, or is it become happy and then get all the things um you know like we're just stuck in this cycle okay yeah. this cycle of pursue achieve emotional high and then we crash yeah. and then we're just basically left to chase highs i did this for years which is why i 
retired and felt nothing. Yeah. Nothing. I didn't care. It was just like, whatever. Like, oh, I retired next. Like I had set myself up for failure. And it's like, you know, the thing that I really had to learn is happiness was always inside of me. Yeah. Feeling good about myself was always inside of me. I had to learn to pull it out. And, you know, it's amazing the kind of liberty I experienced when I discovered I don't need a fancy Mercedes. They're fun to drive. Don't sure. need one. Actually don't care yeah. because that's my company, yeah. right? Somebody else might really want one because it like works well for them. I, I need to have a Range Rover. That's cool. Great. But like, do you really need it? For me, no, I don't, I don't care. So once I actually let go of that, I discovered, wow, I like me a lot more because I'm actually aligning with my values and all these things. And dude, this cycle is like so destructive because what it does is it keeps us chasing this high. And because we can never find it or match it or sustain it, we get burnt out. And like we do it all in the name of pursuing happiness. And yet that slippery, slippery little concept always just slips through our fingers. We feel the high and we're like, yes, we've got it. Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't last it's long. like that. Yeah. No. And listen, this is true of love. Um, you know, you fall in love at, at some point or another. You're like, I'm going to kill that bastard for not <laughs> ordering the toilet seat. Love stops being shiny, folks. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Like when I retired, like, meh, I, I should have been happy. Like I should have been all of these things. And, you know, like when I make a huge sale or like, you know, it just, you're not going to derive happiness from the highs. That is a false flag. And it's the thing that we chase. And we're just doing ourselves such a massive disservice when we just chase and chase and chase the highs. If we actually want to be truly happy, we must look inward. You know, I was even giving my husband this advice the other day, because he's like, I want to start a business. I want to start a business and it's going to be so successful, right? right? He is in the process, God bless him, of working on himself and transforming himself spiritually and mentally and doing such beautiful, incredible work. And I said to him, honey, keep going. Do not set aside your self-work because you're excited to jump into your business. Like you need to pay attention to yourself more because your business and your life will always be a reflection of the man you are. Yes. So if you are a person that is chaotic and disjointed and, you know, feeling self-doubt, your business will reflect that and you will struggle. Alternatively, if you are fortified, you are tranquil, nothing messes with your flow. Like you are calm, you, you, you encounter adversity and you're like, okay, I got this. Yeah. Your business will be calm, prosperous, Absolutely. fruitful. Like you'll move about the world with a sense of like calm. You, I cannot, I cannot like <laughs> possibly overstate the, the importance of being able to move through life in a state of calm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's you know? paramount. It, it, is, it is so insanely important to have that sense about yourself. I used to be a very angry person. I, I was the type of person who would become enraged if somebody really? cut me off on the road. I, yeah, yes, I, I did. Uh, you know, four or five years ago, I did not, I, I, I was somebody who did not put up with crap on the internet. I, I got pissed off when I was driving. That was just a state of being for me. And I knew it was not something that would help me achieve my goals. And it was not healthy for me either. And so, Around that time is when I discovered meditation, stoicism, and even Buddhism. And those, those philosophies, the more I researched them, the more it made sense to me that 
it doesn't it doesn't make sense. It does not make sense to be in a constant state of irritation, to be so uneasy nope. about the world that you're always on edge. And I I couldn't ever imagine going back. Even if the worst thing in the world happened to me, I, I just I can't imagine losing myself because of it. And I that's hard for me. You're, you're exceptionally good at this. It's hard for me to really articulate how I've been able to make that that shift in my life. And I just I want to reiterate how important what you just said is. Thank you. Um, I'm good at talking about this because this is my obsession. And yeah. this has been the last two years of my life. If you obsess on something for two years, you do get good at talking about <laughs> <Absolutely>. it. <laughs> it's Absolutely. kind of a natural byproduct. Yeah. But you know, I'm so excited to learn about you in this capacity and like what you've done. Um, there are so many wonderful principles within meditation, yeah. stoicism, Buddhism, and, and so many others. And there's, there's so much value in the collective wisdom of the world. There's there is. so much of it. And when I was writing this book and doing all the research for it, which to be honest with is you, it was all selfishly motivated. <laughs> I wanted to feel better. It was all about the almighty me. Right. Um, I mean, that's I, how I, that's authentic. I came across all these wonderful things yeah. like you're talking about. There's beauty everywhere. And I kind of distilled it down to the six most basic things that exist across humanity. Absolutely. And let's talk about those because you are right. Those are things, these are core tenets of any, in my opinion, any well-balanced person's life. And people who practice these, these, uh, these habits are exceptionally I, th I think, you know, centered beings. And, and I, I absolutely love that. And so I would invite you to lead me through, you know, how you really distilled down all of these habits that we have surrounding our lives into these six. Yeah, absolutely. So let me just um, say this might take me a couple minutes. So That's just fine. bear with me. No, um, but I really want to give you a, a good answer. And uh, good is not always brief. So um, I want to begin by telling you that I, for probably 15, 16 years, I had been a student of therapy, reading books, going to retreat centers, yeah. going to Tony Robbins stuff, you know, doing programs and this and that. Like I was almost like a personal development, like junkie. I just yeah. had so much of it, but there was a big problem that I needed to solve for me, which was all these ideas are great. Nothing is sticking. Right. Why? Right. And they are great. I mean, shoot, I can't tell you how many incredible meditations I've had, how many like communications with spirit I've had and like breakthroughs. But again, these are, these are highs, right? Yeah. So I, I got to this crossroads where I was retiring, felt nothing. And I was like, wow, uh, that's a problem. So, uh, I was also like, apparently you can do this. You, uh, you can bleed internally, uh, through years of unrelenting and self-imposed stress. Uh, that was interesting to find yeah, out. So I did not, know that I was not only, yeah, I found that out the hard way. Uh, yeah. Um, I fixed it. Thank God. Good. Um, I'm wor working with someone amazing. That's really helped me restore my health. But, um, you know, I was fighting with my husband. I was numb. I was just grumpy. Like I was just the worst expression of myself. Like my friends probably were like, Oh my God, you are too much woman. Um, I just, 
I was so unhappy and I was broken inside. Right. And I yeah. wanted to solve that. So I just like, like, all right, so I've done all these wonderful things and there's so many great ideas out there. I just started like compiling everything, following like, what are the happiest people doing? What, it, what do they have in common? Um, and, and really just compiling information. And that's the one thing about research. I've never fancied myself as a researcher, but that was the initial part of the process was just compiling data. Yeah. What the hell is happiness anyway? And where does it come from? Where do we find it even in, even in just a moment, right? Yeah. So I started assembling all this data and then I started studying the data and looking for clues and patterns. And the patterns that emerged were six really, really clear categories. And I was like, oh, shoot. Well, there's six categories here. What are these things? Are these six epiphanies? Are these, are these six like things I got to remember? No, these are actually six things that I do in my mind yeah. every single day. Because if you take like, as an example, something like yoga, right? Right. Meditation. That is not one of the habits, but they are born of the habits because the habits are actually, these are the things that make you do like the Tony Robbins seminar. These are the things that make you start the business, that make you speak up for yourself, that make you move to an island, right? Um, or make you start a podcast. Sure. The habits are all in your head and your habits that are in your head determine how you feel about yourself, who you are, what kind of life you're going to have, how prosperous you are, how much you fail, how much you get back up, et cetera. So the things that I found were the six mental habits and I'll briefly unpack them for you. Yeah. So there's six kindness to yourself, acceptance of yourself, gratitude for everything in life, including the crap. You've got presence. That one's kind of self-explanatory goodness, which is energy in energy out and intention. So I'm going to ever so briefly explain these. Please. So kindness is how you treat yourself. This is the thoughts you think, the words you say to yourself when you're talking to yourself in the mirror, when you're about to do something scary and the, the things you do for yourself, um, like make yourself a nice nourishing meal or just give yourself Cheetos for dinner. Um, again, like the way you treat yourself is so important. Yeah. And when we think about how we treat ourselves, we and we actually really take stock and in inventory. Sometimes we're horrified to discover that we actually treat ourselves like utter garbage. Oh, yeah. Um, when the way we should be treating ourselves is the way we would want a nurturing parent to treat us, which is saying nice things like, you've got this, you can do this. Yeah. Here, I'm going to make you a nice nourishing meal. You deserve it. Um, stuff like that. So we need to be like actively loving ourselves through our words, our thoughts, and our actions. The next habit is the habit of acceptance. This is unconditional love of yourself from yourself. Like this is you loving you. No conditions, not, oh, I'll love myself more when I look more like my friend over there or yeah. when I have a, a fancy house, just like my other friend, or I'll feel good enough. Or I won't, you know, like the imposter syndrome. No, 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 no. That doesn't even come in here. Right. So the acceptance is unconditional love where you are, who you are, what you are right now, no conditions. Like it's hard. Okay. The next habit is gratitude, particularly for the, like the crappy parts of life. Um, when we can arrive at a state of gratitude in our life and we can look through the lens of gratitude at everything that happens in our lives of, of, of one of appreciation, yeah. we actually become better people because we look at something that goes wrong and we can see the good in it. And I'm going to give you a great example. I got pulled over yesterday for having a phone in my hand. I wasn't 
on the phone. Right. I was merely holding it because I was about to my destination. Apparently, you can't even hold your damn phone here in Hawaii. Interesting. FYI, folks, when you come to visit, keep that in mind. Um, so I got pulled over and I was initially really mad. Right. And once I got done having my little temper tantrum, I was like, hmm, this is not how I want to be. And my habit of gratitude kicked in yeah. and I reshaped the experience. And I was like, you know what? Maui's been having a really hard time and Maui County is doing a lot to provide for food and extra, you know, benefits for the citizens here. And I can't afford this. And you know what? Thank you so much universe for giving me this opportunity to contribute financially to the well-being of my neighbors who are having a hard time. Okay. So that's the kind of gratitude I'm talking about. My mom always used to say, turn the shirt inside out, right? Even the stuff we take, take for granted. Absolutely. So habit number four is presence. Presence is choosing this moment. It's so easy, particularly nowadays with like the COVID and the election and the da 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 da. It's exhausting, <laughs> right? You're worrying about the impending doom of the world. Right. It's just, it's a lot. The ability to be present is not like, oh, I miss when things were easier. I do too. Or, oh God, things are going to be bad. It's like, you know what? This moment's a good one. I got a full tummy and the breeze is blowing in my hair and I'm healthy. Yeah. This moment's a good one. And I got a roof over my head. It's, it's like, it's, it's like gratitude, a little bit mixed in there, but it's really just choosing to be in this particular moment and realizing the beauty of this moment. And don't worry about the other ones. It doesn't right. mean you're not aware of them. You just don't live there. So fifth habit is goodness. Goodness is energy in energy out. You, you are the sum total of your energetic contributions to your life which means that if you're adding loads of good to your life, that's good. You're, you're going to be a happier, more energetic person. If you are constantly like just living with tons of toxic stuff and you've yeah. got maybe like a narcissist in your life or you've got clients from hell or, you know, like you're just spending way too much time in news and social media. Um, and you're just feeling like depleted, really? How the hell are you going to live a good life? Or how are you going to go on and build the business of your dreams or like start the podcast you always wanted or move across the country? Or how are you going to do anything if you just feel like crap all the time? You're not. You're just not. It's yeah. energy. You Absolutely. have to have the energy to do the things you want. Finally, the habit of intention is the who, what, where, why, when, and how of what we want. You know, what do you want in life? What do you want to... Do you want to have a big house? Do you want to you want to have children? You want to get married? Do you want to start a business? You want to maybe even get a divorce? Like, what do you want? Like, intention is clarity around what you want, and then what and how you're gonna actually like get there. You know, we need this kind of clarity, and we also need action and momentum to make it happen. Yeah. So, the thing about these habits, and I'll say this just in summary because I know I've been talking for quite a bit here. Um, the thing about these habits is they work because of each other. Yeah. And with each other, you know, I think you could probably pick that up when Absolutely. you're kinder to yourself. It's so much easier to be a rock star with intention. Right. Yes. And, and so on. There's a million other examples. Um, but they work together. And, you know, by no means have I introduced a solitary, unique concept. They're not unique. We are all acquainted with these concepts independently. It is the marriage of these concepts and the particular pathway to mastery that actually sets us free. And it's, I mean, I gave this example earlier today, like it's one thing to know about a piano. It's quite another to play like Beethoven. Sure. Like knowing about these things, they're simple in name. I can list them off easily, clearly, right. but to actually adopt them, 
it's it's much more challenging. We have to be self-aware. We have to decide what we really want and then begin to live the habits, even when it's icky and weird and uncomfortable. So we can actually build the unconscious behaviors just yep. through repetition. Especially when it's weird and icky and uncomfortable, because those are the times in which you're going to be tested. Those are the times when you're going to be able to practice each of these habits and see the results directly from them. Exactly. Exactly. It's, I mean, that's really what it is. And like, so the way I've written the book is, um, first of all, I, I want to make it really clear to anyone that reads it or anyone that hears me, there is no prejudice against your ability to be happy or make your life's dreams come true. And right. maybe your dream is to have a teeny little cabin in the woods or just five minutes to yourself, like right. whatever it is, like there's no prejudice against it. You don't need to be rich or young or sexy or married or whatever. Like you can be like old, you can be disabled, you can be like poor, you can even be stubborn. I mean, Absolutely. you can still achieve an incredible life for yourself. And the way I've written the book is to lay it out in such a way that it's pragmatic, it's simple, it's accessible. And I've got like all these loads of free um, companion exercises is a whole workbook that goes with the book That's great. that, um, when you download it, that's when you begin the self-awareness journey. Instead of just knowing about the piano, I help you to learn to play it. Yeah. And that's where the magic is. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So I, I want to, there's a couple of these I want to dig into a little bit deeper if that's okay. Sure. Yeah. So for the first one that stuck out to my mind, and I, I, I am with you 100% on this, and I, I just, uh, again, I want to know how to best articulate it. When you talk about gratitude and you talk about expressing gratitude for getting pulled over, for example, a lot mm -hmm. of, I think, to the uninitiated, and that's certainly still, it still occupies some residency in my mind, people will say, oh, that's just justifying something bad that happened in your life and, and reframing it when that, that's actually, that is what it is. You're reframing it, but it's not for the sake of, of doing so. It's, it's, it's actually, you're reframing it and internalizing it. So you, you are actually feeling that gratitude, but I, I just, I, being able to explain that to people who may feel that way, I think is important. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, reframing how we view things is really important because, you know, um, I don't know if you read this in my bio. Um, I'm a domestic abuse survivor. Yeah. And being able to reframe what happened allows me to actually gain benefit from it. It yeah. gives me power and it shapes my perspective that I view lots of other things through. And, you know, if I just looked at it like, oh, I'm a victim, I'm a victim. I could do that. Right. And in the beginning I did. Right. And I could choose to stay bitter and not forgive the person that did that to me. And I could continue to be punished for years and years long after the abuse ended because of the continuing abuse that I inflicted upon myself because of my stubborn refusal to reframe the experience in my head. Yeah. All of this is a choice. No one made me do it, but through forgiving him for what he did to me, I was able to let it go right. through reframing it as, yeah, that sucked, but damn, I got to meet the warrior inside of me because Absolutely. of it. I would, I'm not sure I would have met her otherwise. Um, you know, that's, that's a, that's a gift that I got out of it. 
am I ever going to be like, wow, I'm so glad I was abused. No, no, that's right. insane. Like right. why that, why the hell would I ever say that? Like, oh, I'm so glad I was pulled over yesterday. <laughs> Not really, but okay. I can choose to be grateful for yeah. the opportunity to contribute to the community, even though I'm not super pumped about the method sure <laughs> like sure. it's okay like you know like the thing that i never ever ever want anyone to feel about this happiness stuff it's not this toxic positivity that makes me want to vomit and punch <laughs> someone in the face i no yeah. like it this is not the point of being plastic this doesn't mean that you know like yesterday when i was put like being pulled over i was sitting there like Thank you, officer, for showing me the error of my ways. I was right. like, I'm going to burn your house down, asshole. Like, I was so pissed off. It doesn't mean you don't like, it doesn't mean you, you're not yeah. human anymore. It doesn't mean that you don't feel the stuff that sucks. But yeah. like, you walk away from it, you know, and you, you remember that movie? Um, oh, God, Stella, like how Stella got her groove back and like yeah. Angela Bassett, like, like set the car on fire and she's walking away from the fire with like mm, look on her face. Yeah. That's how you got it. Like if you reframe and you, know, you reshape your experience, like with anything that sucks um, through that lens, you get to walk away from the ashes of whatever the hell you just went through Absolutely. with that. Mm -hmm, I'm good. Absolutely. I am good. And you get that power instead of feeling like you just got trampled on by life. You're like, Nope, it's fine. Yeah. It's all good all good and you don't get beaten down you bounce back faster and you're able to actually learn and grow as a person faster because like the the abuse example uh that i gave you um i spent time in victimhood sure yeah. did and when i was doing that i wasn't learning when i started looking at things differently i started to learn greater empathy right. i was able to look at the abuser and be like wow for you to become such a monster that could do this to a young girl what the hell happened to you yeah i'm so sorry for your pain and i get to be a better person because of the way i chose to view the situation like wow i'm a warrior uh also i don't need to go from passive straight into aggressive and be like a psychotic asshole to everybody that i meet because that's overcorrection. right and i can choose to be assertive and I can use this actually as a platform to talk to other abuse Absolutely. survivors and be like, girl, come on out of the ashes. Absolutely. All good. All good. Come out swinging if you got to, but just come out. Yeah, that's that's that last point is fantastic. Like you said, I mean, if you chose to remain in victimhood, not only are you doing a disservice to yourself, but you're doing a disservice to others where somebody who may be trying to help you may consider you to be in a toxic place and that can affect them negatively. But if you have that empathy, if you are actively being the badass that you want to be, you are inspiring so many others who are in such poor situations that they can get better, that life can get better, that their situation can get better. And I, I think that's such a huge, important point to drive home there. Totally. Yeah, yeah it's... You know, it's the crazy thing uh, that I realized on this journey to make myself feel better. Once I actually did all this work and I mastered these six habits and I actually did find the happiness, it is amazing how my perspective of my whole life shifted almost overnight from yeah. a place of egocentric self-satisfaction, yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah. to, wow, now that my needs are met, it's not about me anymore. Right. Now I realize that I have 
incredible unlimited love for others and capacity to forgive and capacity to give and more energy. And I can be a better daughter. I can be a better wife. I can be more nurturing and like, I get less arguments with my husband and, you know, I'm a better leader. And when I experience something that just sucks, like it's all good. And I'm able to like use that wisdom in service. You know, it's like, it's a different thing when you actually stop running and you finally get to this state of happiness, you just become a different more elevated version of yourself you become like the person you were always destined to be but life got in the way and interrupted you yeah yeah you know this is the break of the interruption absolutely all right let's talk about goodness um that's that's one thing i want to talk about a little bit more as well because there are so many inputs and outputs in our life that it's you know controlling those and making sure that the the goodness outnumbers the, the the badness. I don't know if that's a word. Is badness a word? Let's, let Go with it. Word. All right, badness. That, that you can be so influenced, especially online, especially where there's people are sneaking negative messaging into their advertising, into the into the content you see online that you don't even realize how toxic it can be right, off, right on the surface. And then it just carries on with you throughout the day. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people justify reading all the bad news, reading everything they see online as being well-informed. And I stopped telling myself that lie a couple years ago. I, I got rid, I, got, I took Facebook off my phone. I just didn't want to be constantly bombarded by all of this. And I'm as informed as I want to be right now. I, I don't think that you need to know every single thing, especially this year, that is going on within the political climate, with what's going in the country and the world to be a well-informed person. If you're... I think you need to be informed enough so that you are, so you you can be happy. So you can, so you don't, so it doesn't bring you down. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I mean, I I don't know how far you've read into the book, but the goodness chapter really, really talks about the news and social media. And yes, people do argue for, oh, I need to be informed. I need to be informed. And I guarantee you there's at least one or two people listening right now where they're like, screw you, lady. I'm going to (laughs) argue with you. You're wrong. I hear you, but hear me out. Um, Here's the deal. If it's free, you're the product. You are. Keep that in mind. And I say this as the CEO of a marketing company that these things are made so tantalizing. It's like extra addictive compounds being put in cigarettes so you continue to consume more. It's um, the extra um, salt that's put in front of you at the bar in the pretzels to make you drink more beer. All of these things are manipulations to get you to consume more. When you consume more, you are served more ads and then lots of people are, wait for it, Making millions off of your misery. Yes. You good with that? I'm not good with that. Me so neither. I remember my auntie who her birthday was the other day and I should probably call her. <laughs> um, I remember when I was a kid, um, news was always on in my house. Yeah. And when my auntie came over, she'd be like, oh, I don't watch that. I'd be like, why? News is always on in my house. She's like, sweetie, I don't need to be depressed and upset every minute of my day, I'm good. And you know what? My auntie has always been one of the most upbeat and positive people that 
I always, always, always could count on to be consistent and positive. She just opted out. And she's like, if it's that important, someone, you know, will tell me. And that's true. If it's that important, someone will tell you. Um, Her husband is the one that watches the news and she gets the highlights from him. And she's like, okay, that's good. Um, But I noticed, you know, there was a difference, you know, growing up in my home, my dad was definitely more negative. Um, And then growing up, I actually made the choice to not participate in the news. So breaking a news addiction is not a thing for me. I just, I was like, this is so negative. And I always feel like crap. I have bad dreams and I don't feel good. And I'm constantly in a state of fear. Um, and it makes me like addicted. It is an addiction, my friends. It It is. is an addiction. Like the news is not there for your benefit. It's there for the benefit of selling ad revenue and they get to sell ad revenue based on impressions. What the hell are impressions? It's your eyeballs. It's your attention. It's your well-being. So basically what's being sold is you and your well-being. So opt out. Um, I don't spend nearly as much time on social media as, you know, I probably should as someone that's trying to build a brand. Um, because I find it to be a toxic cesspool of negativity and I just can't hang with that. And like, again, like news, social media, it's all about impressions. It doesn't matter like how many clicks, how many likes, blah, 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 algorithms, blah, blah, blah. You are the product being bought and sold. And if you wish to have better energy, more energy like pep and vim and vigor, or just a better state of um, vibrational energy, either way you want to think of it, you still still need to like manage your energy. And the only way that you're going to do this is by being mindful of what's coming in and what's not allowed in. So we talked about the toxic stuff that's clearly got to go. And like in this world, yeah, you know, you got to vote, you got to do all these things. Cool. I'm not saying don't be informed, but please decide where you're going to get your information and you cut off time. Like don't be addicted to it. And yes, it's an addiction, but also on the other side of that, you need to make sure that you're adding lots of positive things to your life. Um, whatever those things look like in the book, there's a huge comprehensive list of a million ways that you can add loads of good energy and a full unpacking of dealing with toxic people and toxic things, detox strategy for social media, et cetera. Cause like, again, it's nice to know about it, but you need to actually apply it. Um, you know, adding the good to your life for me, uh, I just need to go to the beach more. And now that I live, um, walking distance to the ocean. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's the goodness I add now for someone else. It could be, Maybe you turn off the TV just, you know, a half an hour before you used to and just, you know, like listen to some nice music or like light a candle, um, something that calms you down before bed, just have a nice cup of tea. These are good things too. I mean, people overlook the little things because, you know, they don't amount to much, but they do. They have such a powerful cumulative effect. And, you know, we, we like to like dismiss uh, lots of good things as, you know, self-care, which has almost become a joke at this point. Because of like how much the phrase is abused and like put towards like superfluous things. But self-care sometimes is just establishing a boundary. Like you don't get to talk to me like that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was just having this conversation. I, uh, 
this this podcast is actually just about a year old, almost to to the week. And when it was getting started, I, I had made the very conscious decision, and this probably stemmed back before that, but when it comes to putting things out there, especially things that will hopefully, uh, fingers crossed, get attention uh, one day, I never want to give people reason to get upset about them. I mean, well, I'm, I'm, everybody can get, people can get upset about anything they want, but the point is I want to put, if I'm going to put something out into the world, it's going to be positive. I've got my own opinions. Everybody has their own opinions. I don't, if I don't care about other people's opinions, I should not expect them to care about mine. So whatever effect I have on the world outwardly, I want it to be positive. So far, that's, you know, working out well. I, I, if, if people, you know, want to take issue with what I say, that's completely fine. That's their prerogative. But the things that I'm going to put in the world, they need to be positive because there's just, there's just no, to me, there's no other option. There's no other reason to bring somebody else down with, with the things that, that are wrong with your own life. Mm. Absolutely. I love your perspective. I really do. It's, um, I think it's great that you really are trying to contribute something really positive to the world. And, and, and well, wasn't it Gandhi that said, be the change you wish to see in the world? I, I would imagine so. I, I don't know. Um, I, I will look it up. It'll go in the show notes for sure. But I do love that quote. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, like, I don't remember who it's attributed to, but, um, it's, um, it's really powerful. So I totally yeah. appreciate the mission that you're on. And, you know, a lot of the energy that you're giving out is, coming back because what you're doing is you're contributing to the collective um, improvement of the general state of being around the world. That's what I'm trying to do. Like, Absolutely. so this whole six habit stuff, um, it's not a book, man. Like, yeah, it, there's a book involved with it, but like, right. it's not the point. The habits themselves are not even the point. Right. You're the point. I'm the point that the point is to enjoy this one beautiful, precious life that we're given Absolutely. and to be in harmony with our brothers and sisters around the world. Yes. And like, before I get to kumbaya on you, <laughs> um, like, I'm just going to break it down for you. Like if you see political leaders acting like crap, it's probably because they feel like nothing they ever do is good enough. And they're chasing those highs as well. Right. If you get political leaders that actually feel solidly good about themselves and they love who they are, they don't need external validation and they, they don't need to constantly be on a war path to prove themselves. They're going to make better decisions. When you see mothers and fathers losing their patience with their children, it's because they're, you know, they're exasperated, they're fatigued, yeah. their, their cup is empty, they've got way too much negative input, not enough good input. They've been probably buying into all the crap for years that self-care is just something you don't do because it's wrong. Um, you know, and as a result, you end up raising high-strung kids that act like crap. Like you just you, and 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 then list goes on. I mean, you see people with drinking problems because they're just trying to drown their pain, and you get, you know, people that resort to crime because they can't put food on their table and because they doubt themselves and their ability to start a business. Like, if we can actually come together as a planet, collectively decide that these six habits are really, really friggin' important. Yeah. These are the six core habits of um, every human. Okay. These are like, these are the human habits. Yep. Like we need these. Every mm -hmm. human alive needs these habits. And if we can collectively agree that these are important, we want to raise our children better. We want to encourage our employees to be better. And we want to uh, inspire our leaders to have the courage to face themselves. Do you realize that within like one or two generations, this world will not be a dystopian disaster. It will actually be a good place that yeah. we're not ashamed of. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. And I think one of the first things we need to do is realize that it's not us versus them as much as our leaders worldwide want us to think that. There's, if you just stop trying to get that information from the internet and you go down the street and talk with somebody who may have a political sign in their front yard that you don't necessarily agree with and just get to know them. And maybe you guys aren't going to be best friends. Maybe you're not, your kids aren't going to have sleepovers, but at least you have some sort of semblance of understanding of where their thought process stems, thought processes stem from and why they feel like their identity is being attacked when somebody who they disagree with is, is running for president or governor or the Senate or, or whatever. We don't, right. we just don't have to get everything that we know from, from the internet. Um, or no, we don't. No, we don't. And personally, I would like to see a world where people who disagree can still love each other and still behave with respect and kindness and love towards one another. Because I have to say one of the biggest tragedies that's come about ever since this COVID stuff is people are more divided than they've ever been. People are more heartbroken and feeling alienated from their neighbors. You get, I I see people glaring at me at the grocery store because, um, you know, they're just like, they're scared and right. people are so filled with fear right now. And like, people just look at you from above their mask. Like there's just like a, this deadness inside and just like all of this stuff. And, you know, you can't, you can't even disagree with anyone anymore without, um, thinking there's a fight coming your way, know. you know, and it doesn't have to be this way. If you actually have a good, solid constitution and a great baseline level of happiness within yourself, like the masks won't bother you. The fear won't bother you. The politics won't bother you. And you'll be able to just be with others, which is kind of, in my humble opinion, one of the biggest points of being alive is others. Yes. Um, you'll, you'll be able to just be with others and be with life. Just be with it and be good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, let's touch on one more of the habits. And then the other three people are going to need to buy your book to really delve into. Is that okay with you? Yeah. If people buy your book. Yeah. I figured as much. They should. <laughs> <laughs> intention. Intention is so important. Uh, whether or not that's waking up in the morning and setting setting our daily intention or just setting, uh, you know, I, I hate to use the, the, the terminology, but, you know, six month or five year, 10 year goals, uh, which I think is, is, you know, overdone and oversaid. But when it comes to just setting your intention for your life, tell me how important that is. Um. Well, it's really important. And I think that it's good for us to be aware of like kind of the big picture of what we want. Um, but also the little picture, like, what do we want today? Yeah. You know, I think that, you know, one of the worst questions you can ask a person is, um, Oh, what do you, what do you, where do you see yourself in five years? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't even know where the hell I'm going to be at 5 yeah, PM. I know. Like, I know. Like people come on, like so much of this is just ridiculous. Like yeah. we need to probably ask better questions. Who do you want to be in five years? Yes. That's a better question. Yeah. Like, and I, I think, you know, when it comes to the things we want, I, I'm less concerned with time. I'm more concerned with like what it is. Like, you know, my husband and I at some point will be moving to Italy. We're not clear on when we're not clear on how we're going to get there and the whole process that's involved. Um, but we do know that that's the goal and it's nice to know the goal. So then we can start to exist with the goal and figure yeah. it out. And this is my husband's project. He's from Italy. So he really wants to go home. I've that's always cool. wanted to live there. Probably not in my forties. I was thinking more of my fifties, sure. but hey, it's all good. Life's an adventure. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, babe, you know, this is your project. You yeah. figure it out and you just need to really get clear about, you know, 
you know what you want, figure out when you want it and figure out how we're going to make it happen. Like, how are you going to get your American wife to go there and do business remotely? And how are we going to buy a home when I am not a citizen? And what are the mortgage interest rates and blah, 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 right, blah, blah. Right, like right. we just, you know, a lot of the specifics, um, are involved. And, and that's a big part of intention is like, it's not just, Oh, I want to move to Italy. Okay. That's nice. Right. Why? When? What are the details? It's getting information and actually assembling a plan. Cause like, isn't there like something out there? Like, you know, a goal without a deadline is just a dream. Yeah. Like something like that, yep. you know, like this doesn't even need a deadline. It needs specificity. Yeah. Like you need information. You like, there's no way we're going to move to Italy without, um, you know, plans. Cause like I am officially like on the other side of the planet at this point, like I'm in Maui, the, the flight to get over there. It's like from going like from Boston to Australia, that's yeah. a full day of travel. Yeah. It's 12 hours time zone difference. Um, and it's like, it's a lot. So we have, um, you know, a lot of intention being put there and sometimes it can be really intimidating, but it's like, we can solve anything when we have the courage to pursue clarity clarity is way more than just what do we want it's what's involved with what we want how is it going to happen like what is the process going to look like and how long does that take and how much will it cost and what do i do today so yeah. the thing about intention i love is it's not always huge strides it's not like oh move to italy dude that's huge maybe today's goal is something small yeah. like okay, hubby, I, I really need you to call the consulate and find out about citizenship for your wife. Just, just call the consulate. Okay, cool. He calls the consulate and that's just asking information and asking good questions. And you know what? That's moving the ball forward. Yeah. Is it moving it forward all at once? No, but there's that really, really terrible metaphor out there. Um, uh, something about eating an elephant all at once. You can't, you have to take it one bite at a time. First Absolutely. of all, don't eat elephants. That's not nice. Agreed. Second of all, you get, you get the idea. Like it, it's incremental. Like who cares how long it takes you? Just do it. Yeah. You know, we judge ourselves so harshly and this is where the habit of kindness comes in. We judge ourselves so harshly. Oh, I'm not moving fast enough. Says who? Oh, I'm not doing enough today. Says who? What if maybe all I'm doing today is just getting my head screwed on straight so I can do some of the more logistical crap later. Yeah. Is that progress? Yeah. Like we really, really need to, um, kind of live in a state of intention. I and I mean, all of these habits, they are lifestyle habits. These are things that in order to adopt them, we have to live in a state of it being really um, uncomfortable at first and uh, kind of try before you buy. And, and that's how you develop a habit. But yeah. although the workbooks that come with the book, um, there's like, I think like 80 pages of um, workbook that really helps you to, um, really gain the self-awareness that you need so you can start to figure out who you are, where you are, what you want, and then you can begin your habit mastery journey. You can't, you can't just start mastering the habits just by listening to this podcast. You can't, you can try, right. but I right. guarantee you by like Thursday next week, you'll be like, exactly who you are right now. <laughs> like you actually have to do the work yeah. begins with self-awareness. And then the other stuff is I outlined. I love that. I love do do the work. That is so incredibly important. Do the work, do better. One of my biggest problems with the perception of success, this, well, at, at least now, I mean, it may have always been like this or made, this may be a new, a, a newer tendency of people is that people think that overnight success is a real thing. 
it's not. I mean, people see something that uh, maybe a, a brand new musician musician who suddenly is the, you know topping the Billboard charts or a new a business that just got you know a billion dollar funding round. But that's not something that's happened you know in a matter of days. That's something that these people are putting in their life, their soul, their sweat every moment of their life to building these these ventures or or their 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 discography or even you know books people are putting in so much work ahead of time before people come to understand of you know what the value is and just overnight success does not it doesn't no. happen it doesn't happen you have to put in the work yes you absolutely have to put in the work and like even with um all that i'm doing for the six habits stuff um which i deeply believe in like i have no desire to be famous I don't care. It's not about me. I want every desire, every fiber of my being wants this idea to be world famous and like zoom around in the heart of all like 7 billion plus people on this planet. I am not the point, the habits and the freedom is right. Yeah. Do you think that's going to happen overnight? Nope. It happens one conversation like this at a time, one TV appearance at a time, one person reading my book, changing their life and telling their spouse or their kids, you know? Yeah. I agree. I agree completely. All right, Laura, I, I appreciate you. I appreciate everything you're doing in this world. Before we wrap up, I want to ask you a couple closing questions. I'm just curious right now, what is it you're working on? What resources do you need to continue growing, to continue spreading this message? Maybe somebody's listening in Timbuktu who says, hey, I can really help you help others instill these habits in their lives, uh, instill this this intent, this the, these messages what is it you're looking for and how can the world help you? That's a really nice question. I've never been asked that before. Um, I would love to be on more podcasts like this one. I would love to I can help out with meet that. with more. Sweet. Let's do it. Okay. So I would love to also meet with um, industry leaders within different companies that really have a compassion for their team and that really desire to both be better leaders and to provide the tools so people can learn to love themselves more and they can really improve things. I'm working on like an enterprise um, product that can allow um, companies to roll out the six habits um, all the way down the layers of management to like thousands of employees. So when you reach one, powerful decision maker, you can actually reach many, many others, um, and hopefully influence a lot of families, um, along the way. So media, like, you know, corporate connections, uh, podcasts, um, I'd love to do more speeches. Um, it's hard behind zoom, but you know, when the world opens up, I love being on stage and teaching. It's, it's exhilarating to share and give from the stage. That's amazing. And speaking of which your Ted talk is not out yet, right? Do you know when that is happening? November 21st will be the live event. Amazing. Um, and I'm, yeah, you asked me what I'm currently working on. That's what I'm currently working on. Um, turns out memorizing is not one of my <laughs> strongest attributes, Sure. but I have faith in myself. I do too. I do too. That's incredible. <laughs> All right. I will, I'm putting that, I'm marking that date down and I look forward to following with up with you on that. All right. Last question. My favorite question ever. I, I, I use this as a cheat code for life. Books are a huge part of my life. They, they mean everything to me. I, I can't tell you how much I've learned from them and how much value they've brought. And so I always like to ask my guests, if you had to pick one book that you've read in your lifetime, that has completely changed or shifted or altered your life, hopefully for the better, what would it be and why? 
Oh God. Um, I'd have to say codependent no more. My first marriage was, it was good, but not great. And I was a big part of why I was very codependent and codependency is not what we believe. Um, it is of like, Oh my God, I can't live without this person. No, 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 no. It's not that (laughs) codependency is when you live your life in response to someone else's choices and you're constantly trying to control things. Um, and I did that and I basically burnt myself out. Um, because, yeah, it it was it was just bad. So codependent no more. Uh, Melody Beattie wrote it. Okay. Um, really set me free. It helped me to become a much better lover of myself. Good. And a, a much better wife. So in my new marriage, I've been married for three and a half years now. It's so much better. I'm not codependent at all. That's amazing. My husband can go crash and burn if he wants to, and I'll just watch. I'll be like, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. I don't get caught up in the collateral damage. Well. Laura, truly, thank you for everything. I, I, again, I, I truly appreciate you. And uh, I guess I would love to open the floor up to you, the meta, the the, the um, proverbial floor. Uh, how can people find you? How can they follow you? How can they buy, buy your book? How can they reach out to you if they want to learn more? Thank you. If you would like to get the book, it is available on Amazon. If you want the audio book, um, that is available through my website, There is a 90-day program that will absolutely change your life and help you to master these habits. That's also available uh, at thesixhabits.com, T-H-E-S-I-X, habits.com. Essentially, you can get to all the things uh, related to the six habits and my upcoming talk and working with me one-on-one or starting a corporate conversation or even booking me for another podcast. Everything is at thesixhabits.com. That's amazing. And I will make sure that uh, that link is in the show notes. And then as soon as your TED Talk is available to be streamed, um, I will go in and put that in there too, so people can find that. I love it. Thank you so much. It's been so awesome chatting with you. I really enjoy having like deep, important conversations like this. Me too. And I think um, I, I've, I I owe Christy a huge thank you because just the, the, the women that she's introducing me to are blowing my mind. So yourself are very much included. Thank you so much for taking an hour with me. I, I really appreciate it. And I look forward to talking again. Thank you so much. Yeah. One more time, I would like to extend a huge thank you to Laura for joining me on the podcast. If you would like to learn more about Laura, please check out the show notes. All of her social links are in there, as well as her website, lauradibenedetto.com, where you can purchase her book, The Six Habits. And as promised, as soon as her TED Talk comes out, I will be promoting that on the podcast social channels, as well as updating the show notes at themosaiclifepodcast.com. And as mentioned, if you would like to follow the podcast, please do so on Instagram at One Mosaic Life, or if you search for The Mosaic Life Podcast, you can find it on Facebook. Last but not least, if you enjoyed the podcast, I would be so grateful to you if you would take just a moment to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Again, as I've mentioned, that goes a long way in helping others just like yourself discover the great content that my guests bring onto the show. Thank you again so much for taking an hour of your time and spending it with me. I couldn't be more grateful to you. So again, thank you so much. And until next time, take care, do better, and be well. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.